0: Well, here we go, and welcome back to another audio adventure here on Insight. I'm Chris Van Vliet. Thank you so much for coming back each and every episode and for making this one of the top wrestling podcasts in the world. You know, there's so many podcasts that you could be listening to right now, but I appreciate you choosing this one. If you haven't yet, could I ask you to hit subscribe or follow wherever you're listening to this right now? I think you'll want to after this conversation. What a pleasure to sit down with one of the hottest free agents in all of pro wrestling. Chelsea Green was one of 10 WWE superstars that was released last week, April 15th. But as you'll hear in this conversation, she is so optimistic about what the future has in store for her. And I'm just blown away by her drive. Throughout her entire career, her drive is second to none. She is one of those people that when she gets a goal, She is laser focused on it and does absolutely everything in her power to make it happen. Wait till you hear some of these stories. Take a screenshot. Let us know that you're on this journey with us. Tag me. I'm at Chris Van Vliet. That's easy. Tag Chelsea. She is at Chelsea A. Green on Instagram. And she's at I'm Chelsea Green on Twitter. Powell's 05 over in the UK left this review that says, great stuff makes my commute enjoyable. Genuinely enjoy Chris's interview style, regardless of who the guest is. It regularly makes me research the guest, regardless of whether I'm familiar or not. Well, that is very kind of you. Thank you so much for taking the time to leave a review. And I'm going to keep reading one out on every episode as a free way to shout you out. You know, there's no Patreon here. Don't PayPal me your money. You can if you want, I guess, but I've never asked for your money. It's just a free shout-out, and uh, we're heading towards that goal of 2,000 reviews before my birthday, which is less than a month away now. My birthday is on May 19th, so looking for 2,000 reviews if you haven't left a review yet on Apple Podcasts, and you happen to be listening to this on your iPhone. Just take a second. It'll take like 30 seconds. Take 30 seconds right now to just hit five stars, leave an emoji, leave a few words. That's all we need. All right. Please welcome my guest today. What a great conversation this was. Please welcome Chelsea Green. All right. Welcome to the show.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: I know this background and I feel like I'm speaking to someone who's on the major pod network right now.
2: <laughs> I just told him, I'm like, it's so annoying that I have to sit in your little background and and that I don't even have a corner of the house that is mine that is like pink with roses or I don't know whatever my corner would look like, but here we are, at least here I am right here, so
0: okay, if I squint, maybe yeah. okay,
2: in a little and there I am,
0: yeah, yeah, so there's a little bit of you, but your hair is covering it now,
2: <laughs> yeah, right,
0: <laughs> so you've had a you've had a weekend now to digest this news. How are you feeling?
2: At first, I was kind of emotionless and and just like I guess confused. Um And my way of handling that has always been to go into overdrive with, you know, like what's next. That's always the way my brain has worked in everything. So even when I became the impact champion, literally that night, what's next? Yeah. What am I going to do next? I've always been that way. It's kind of been like, not a good thing as well for me. It's been good and bad. I do feel like it's been good for me this time around it's been good that i've just like focused on what is next how am i going to get my name out there you know what do i need to do to kind of kickstart my career back into like the wrestling world and everything um so i feel i feel really good now like it's crazy it's only been a couple of days but it it feels normal now kind of
0: sure but you're kind of able to follow in the footsteps of your fiance. Like I had a very similar conversation with Matt a year ago and he was the most positive person about everything. And I feel like that's exactly how you are right now.
2: Yeah. He has been, Oh my gosh. So, so great. Um, He, first of all, he warned me that this was coming, not necessarily to me, like that I was going to get fired, but he did call me and give me like a 10 minute 10 minute gap in between the time that he told me people were getting let go and bet- between the time I was let go. So um he gave me that warning and then I texted him and I said, Okay, I've been released. And I'm not joking, he was home within 30 minutes and already my pro wrestling tease was up. You know, like all these things are like, he's like, go, 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 even harder than I was. I think that's kind of the same way I felt when he was released. I was like, okay. What do we need to do? What do we need to think about? It's, you know, it's nice to have someone on the other side of things, kind of like keeping my head clear and he's so positive. So it's, it's been really nice. I've been able to bounce all my ideas off him and he obviously has great ideas as we've all seen for like the past 15 years. So it's, it's awesome.
0: Nobody hustles harder than him. Except me. Oh, okay. (laughs) This is why you guys are perfect together. So when you found out that other people were being released, were you like, ah, there's no way that I'm going to be included in that?
2: Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's actually exactly what I thought. I'm not going to lie though. Like hearing that, that Billy Kay was released, that was a shocker. And that did make me question like, whoa, Okay, so Billy Kay was just on WrestleMania last yeah. week. It hasn't even been a week, and now she's released. What does that mean for the rest of us? But I never thought that I would be released before I had a chance to prove myself, and and that's kind of where the shock factor came from. <laughs> really, it's just like, but wait, I never got to show you guys how good I am. <laughs>
0: yeah. well, and and a lot of that it's it's out of your hands, right? Like literally, you know, you break your wrist, and it's kind of literally taken out of your hands you're not able to showcase what you can do
2: well that's the weird thing is that in my wrestling career i have always been so lucky where everything has been my decision and you know i decided to go to these companies and i decided to push to work my way up the ranks or i decided to really like go all in on my hot mess character and i decided to go to lucha underground and all these amazing opportunities I was so naive to think that that's the way wrestling is. I just, yeah. I had just been spoiled and I didn't realize until I got to the real world, which is NXT and WWE, that, hey, things don't always work out the way you, you know, plan and, and your friggin vision board isn't always gonna, you know, come to light right in the year that you want it to. So, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of been like a little like eye opening, you know?
0: Yeah. So what's on the vision board now, both professionally and personally?
2: So in the immediate future, I am working on starting a podcast, which um, I've always wanted to do because I am such a talker and anyone that knows me knows that I get myself into a lot of trouble just by talking. Um, right. So i definitely want to start a podcast. That is going to be, I think, maybe I'm going to start tomorrow within this next week.
0: Wow. Yeah. We're just going to go ahead
2: Just gonna jump right in. I'm not gonna think too much about it. Um, and then, you know, I would like to get back to what I loved doing, which was stunt doubling and um a little bit of acting and anything that allows me to talk. So wrestling too.
0: Yeah, now you've got the ability to do whatever you want because I'm sure there were film roles that came around over the last few years that you had to kind of say, sorry, I'm not able to do that right now.
2: Yeah, I had I had. I had started to get on a really good track with, um, kind of that industry in Canada and it's so big in Vancouver and and I'm from Vancouver Island. So, I mean, I was just getting in there and I was just getting jobs and just making connections when I was signed to NXT. So, you know, I really had to tell all those people like, Hey, like, that's it. That's it. My, my goal now is the top of WWE. So I can't even, explore those options. I need to give myself the next five years to do what I have to do in WWE. Um, and so it has been kind of nice over the past couple of days to reconnect with those people. I mean, some connections are, are gone and I'm going to have to make them again, but it's okay. You know, Canada's small. It's fine. I will be able to, to get those connections back.
0: I, I love talking to a fellow Canadian. It's always <laughs> so great talking to a fellow Canadian that's also like crushing it here in the US.
2: But it's crazy that like Canadians are so happy I'm doing this, but Americans have no idea I'm Canadian. Yeah. So when I was released, you know, a lot of people are like, hey, you'll be okay. You're a hustler. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm Canadian. <laughs> like you guys forget. I don't, I I have to get a visa. I have to get a green card. I have to figure out a way to live here.
0: So you now need to get a green card through marriage.
2: Oh, trust me. I've already <laughs> talked to Matt. Okay, so... I was released on Thursday night and on yeah. Friday morning, um, on Matt's way to Wisconsin or wherever he just was, I texted him and said, we need to get married. So you're, you need to think about when that's happening.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> you you know, <laughs> without getting too technical here, you probably had an O1 visa.
2: So I had a P one visa, um, and was just, upgrading to an o1 I've had a couple of p ones in the past was upgrading to the o1 and getting a green card
0: mm, so I had an o1 visa and then it transferred into a green card but the the way that those visas work for people that don't know is you can only work for the company that has sponsored your visa so if you don't work for that company anymore you don't have a visa
2: yeah it's very eye-opening to Americans you know yeah. they don't they they don't know how this system works and how crazy it is and it's hard and stressful and is not it doesn't happen overnight you know I i had to work really hard to get those visas and yeah. spend a lot of money
0: i'm with you so you were supposed to be married four months ago you guys were planning to get married on uh, new year's eve right yeah. yeah is there a date now
2: there's no date and there's not even like a possible date that's kind of the craziest thing my poor wedding planners like sitting in <laughs> vegas like oh, what's happening like we we really threw around All these options. Once we canceled our um, New Year's Eve wedding, we threw around options of doing it in California, maybe, you know, at Ms. and Marisa's house or or doing it in Florida at Disney World, obviously, because of Matt and or, you know, going and doing it on New Year's Eve this coming New Year's Eve. And I just I can't plan anything Knowing that my family can't get into the country and back easily. I just yeah. can't do it. And luckily Matt's totally okay with that. Like at this point, we've been engaged for two years. So right. yeah, we're like forever gonna be friggin' engaged and never married. Um, but we're kind of okay with that. Until he marries me next week. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it sounds like you guys are going to have a courthouse wedding just so you can stay in the country.
2: I've tried already for like the past year to get him to go to the courthouse and he will not because he is very much like a romantic guy, which I love, but also like, I'm sorry, it's drive on down to the courthouse. We're getting married (laughs) next week.
0: (laughs) When was the last time you were able to see your family?
2: Oh man, It, it was December
0: um 2019 same yeah Yeah. i'm with you because my family can't come down here because they won't be able to go back to canada without quarantining
2: Mm
0: -hmm. i'm with you and you guys were planning to have this you know this wedding and this big event with all your family there
2: i know we got really lucky at least you know we didn't have an april wedding planned and and all those poor people who you know when the world went into lockdown in in march i felt so bad for all those people because it's kind of too far gone you know we at least had the better half of the year to cancel and tell everybody like it ain't happening but yeah, yeah i just i just i'm so close with my family there would be no way that i could do all this without having them here. And everyone's like, well, why don't you have it in Canada? Well, the same, it goes both ways, you know, like Americans can't go into Canada. It's not an easy process right now.
0: Yeah. Other than Matt tipping you off that this was happening, did anyone inside at WWE go, hey, by the way, some cuts are happening right now?
2: No, No. you know what, you know, the funniest thing is that I actually, sent, as I've said before, I am ruthless. I nonstop show up when I'm not booked, um, on the off chance, like Landstorm always taught me just show up ready, always show up ready. So I would always show up with all of my gear in my car, like ready to go. I always had my spray tan on and my makeup and like all that stuff done. Cause you, you just never know. And there has been times when people are needed last minute. So I, um, I had actually sent an email to them, um, to everyone at SmackDown, letting them know, Hey, I'm going to be there Friday. If you need anyone, I would be the perfect post mania debut. I will be there gear in hand, ready to go. Like I'm your girl yeah. just like to, to, you know, out of sight, out of mind. So I want them to see me. I want them to hear from me. I want them to know that I'm constantly, even though I'm sitting on my couch, getting paid like I'm I haven't stopped thinking about this you know and so I was like in their ear every single week and yeah I was ready to show up for SmackDown I just had to um go ahead and put my Smackdown outfit back in the (laughs) closet today.
0: So when you didn't maybe hear back from them on that email did you go ooh it's kind of like when you
2: well in hindsight sure in hindsight. Yeah. Yeah exactly And, and like I can laugh about it right now in hindsight Yeah, that was the first email they haven't answered.
0: So... so Oh, this is like when the the ex doesn't respond to your text and you go, that's a little strange.
2: Yeah, like, you know, in hindsight, should I have, like, maybe thought about it? Totally. But, you know, my career in, in WWE has been anything but ordinary. So... I didn't re- really think anything of it and I was ready to show up for Smackdown and um debut and have everybody fall in love with me.
0: <laughs> the one constant in your career though and I love this is persistence. Like this whole story you're talking about just showing up when you're not booked, that's not that wasn't just this thing that happened last week. This is the story of your career.
2: Yeah, there's actually a funny story that I don't I don't know if anybody knows it, but I actually showed up to I flew myself to NXT tapings before I was obviously on the roster um, before I even got a job at impact. So that would be about maybe 2015. I showed up um, and I, you know, I, I emailed NXT and they let me come as an extra. Um, All my girlfriends that week were used. I think it was Deanna, Tessa, and myself that went, maybe Rachel as well. They were all used for those like two days of tapings, and I wasn't. And I was so upset, like so upset that I had flown myself from from Canada and like you know got all new gear and all this stuff just in case because I thought to myself, and I've always thought this: if they see me, they're gonna love me. Wow. So yeah. I showed up with that attitude. I didn't get booked. Totally fine. You know they have a reason for booking extras the way that they do, and um. I was sitting in Full Sail and I thought, you know what, if they don't want me, maybe Impact does. And I called up Impact and I got a tryout the next day. They had tapings in Orlando. I got a tryout the next day and that's how I got hired.
0: You called Impact while you were at NXT.
2: I went outside, I left Full Sail, I went outside. I called Impact, I can't remember who it was at the time, who my contact was, Um, they said, come on down. Like, we don't know if we have anything for you, but we might have a, a dark match, a tryout match, whatever. And they gave me that tryout match versus Mickey Knuckles and they hired me then.
0: Wow. So this is like, it was your way to salvage this situation Then you had a great run and impact.
2: Totally. I mean, that was huge for my career, huge. And obviously the start of the hot mess and, and like, they gave me all the faith in, in the world, giving me a, a, a title when I didn't truly did not deserve it. And I was so Mm. young in my, in my career. And that's what gave me all the confidence moving forward. They had the faith in me. So now I had the faith in myself.
0: Right. Impact seems like they're very welcoming of you now. Like, Hey, come on back, Chelsea.
2: Cause it's like a family there, you know? And I, I think that they know, well, I know that they know that you have to experience WWE for yourself. You know, you we all set that as our goal when we were growing up, what did we all watch? Everyone watched WWE, WWF. So that's our goal. And we need to experience that before we can check it off the bucket list. Yeah. And it's really like that with all companies right now. I, you know, my bucket list is ring of honor, AW go back to impact, you know, have a run, you know, with Deanna or Tanil or Jordan or whoever those, you know, top girls are like, I can't just, miss out on those i i just have to check them off the bucket list
0: do you think there's a certain amount of fragility when you sign a wwe contract because sure you've inked it you know you're there for three years or whatever your deal happens to be but then stuff like this could happen
2: yeah that's the thing you have to be really smart and and it's i mean that's so much easier said than done because yeah kind of the rock star lifestyle you you get in so deep and you know, you're competing for those top spots. Like you are at any company. You want to look the best. You want to have the best gear and, and have the best ideas and things like that. So you're just constantly trying to kind of keep up with the Joneses and that's tough. That's tough. Unless you come back down to reality, when you get home at night, you might stay up there
0: (laughs) yeah at what point in your wwe run did you go all right i'm really starting to build some momentum this is going to lead to something
2: i i don't know that i ever felt that way because honestly the locker room is so good and it never Mm. changed like it was so good at nxt and there was so much competition and not just like direct competition not just i'm looking at this girl and she's five foot eight and a brunette it's not it's not like that it's that everyone is so different and you have to look at yourself and think, well, shit, how can I make myself different? Like Shotzi's got this cool personality and green hair and and like Tegan Knox has all the Avengers stuff. And Dakota's got crazy kicks and Raquel is, is 10 feet tall. Like, how do you compete with that, right? Yeah. Like, And then finally, when you get up there, you're moved to the main roster and you have a whole new set of girls that you are looking at like, oh my God. I am not Sasha Banks, I'm not Charlotte Flair, I'm not Becky Lynch, I'm not Bailey, how can I be the best me so I can get up there on that platform? It's really friggin' hard.
0: Yeah, well it's like you've leveled up and then when you get to that next level, well then you gotta start again and keep climbing that.
2: And you can never plateau, you know? You can never in WWE and, and any TV company where people are watching you weekly, you cannot stay the same. You That yeah. will be the demise of your career if you stay the same. You have to evolve.
0: So what was it that you came up with where you're like, this is what's going to make Chelsea Green stand out?
2: Oh, do you have hours? <laughs> do you have hours? I can't even tell you how many ideas I came up, up with. If I really think about it, they definitely all led back to the hot mess. But with that being said, it it wasn't the hot mess like you saw it impact. It was a different hot mess. I really tried to pitch a darker, creepier hot mess that you could relate to and not just relate to like the girl at the bar, more so relate to like any psychotic person you've had in your life. It might be an sure. ex-boyfriend or girlfriend. It might be a crazy mother-in-law. You know, it might be like your deranged sister or brother who's like, who knows? Like It could be yeah. anything, but I was always working on ideas that, that led to me turning into the hot mess because that's just what I love. I just want to do character work. I don't need to wrestle. I'm totally cool with not wrestling. I want to tell a story.
0: I would think what's difficult is you built up this character in Impact that you know really made a splash, and then you sign with WWE, and you kind of just have to start from scratch again because unfortunately, the audience doesn't completely cross over.
2: Yeah, that is another thing that I think I was naive to. I didn't realize that those worlds, they don't necessarily 100% crossover. You are, I mean, more people don't watch Impact than do when it comes to WWE fans, diehard yeah. WWE fans. Yeah. Um, there's definitely a crossover, and I, I felt that like on Twitter, every time I wrestled, I, so many fans came to bat for me, which I loved and made me definitely feel welcome in WWE when sometimes I felt so scared and nervous for these 10 debuts that I had. <laughs> but, um, it, it was, it was eye opening coming to NXT and realizing, okay, you know, this is not going to be easy. I'm going to really have to work hard. I'm going to have to reinvent what the hot mess is. Um, and that's, something that i was really thankful to have nxt for because there's so many eyes so many brains in there to watch what you're doing and and really dissect it and and make it their own and make it your own and Mm. um i had a lot of of great help from people at nxt trying to make the hot mess work in a way that we could see for wwe tv
0: yeah if we go back who was Chelsea growing up in Victoria and what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh,
2: man. I mean, I, I don't think my friends are surprised that I ended up doing this. I was not a diehard wrestling fan, so they did not see me necessarily being a wrestler, but I think they saw me in the public eye in some way because yeah. I've always tried to be the center of attention. Like I've always been the loudest one or like the one that makes the plans for all my girls and stuff like that. So I don't necessarily think they're surprised that I'm in the public eye. Um wrestling, no. I did I've gone through all of the careers, you know. I was always a bartender and then I turned into like a coyote ugly type bartender.
0: What was the bar?
2: Cowboys in Calgary. Oh yeah,
0: in, in Calgary.
2: Yeah, I did Cowboys. Oh. Yeah. So that was that was an experience. I worked there for so long and I used to go back there for all my stampedes. Um and then I was a Personal trainer and online trainer. Um, I did, you know, acting and stunt doubling. And then all that led me to wrestling at like 24 years old.
0: How did you find wrestling?
2: (laughs) I actually was sitting on my couch uh, doing homework because I was going to school for kinesiology at the time. I was doing homework and A match came up on TV and it was Nikki Bella versus someone else. I can't remember who, but I just remember Nikki because I I love her so much. And um, I watched instead of doing my homework and I was like, I feel like I could do that. And so I Googled how to be a WWE diva.
0: And what did you find?
2: I found Lance Storm School 10 minutes from me. Wow. And I was like, Oh, this is fate. This is fate. I should not go to school anymore. I need to be a wrestler. My boyfriend at the time thought I was an absolute lunatic, but (laughs) supported me. And I went and did my three month, you know, sink or swim program with Lance Storm. And um, that was in January of 2014. I finished April 2014, beginning of April, and I was on raw by August.
0: That, I mean, this has to be fate that one of the best wrestling trainers in the world and one of the best wrestling schools in the world happens to be 10 minutes from where you're going to school.
2: I know. That's the thing. I was like, oh, I looked it up. I don't want to go to school anymore. I don't want to do kinesiology. It's fate. It so happened. did you drop out of school? I dropped out of school. Wow. I dropped out of school because I I believe that I did that in December. And... Yeah, I, in December and like about a week or two later, Lance was like, we had someone drop out. Like, if you want to do this, you need to send me the money now and and come to class.
0: Wow. But but what's at the heart of this story is number one, betting on yourself. And number two, listening to your heart and following your heart.
2: It, truly, like, I really think that all of the decisions I've made before wrestling, but mostly in wrestling, have been a gut feeling like my my instincts and they haven't led me astray yet. They've truly led me to all these amazing experiences. I mean, one gut instinct I had to release myself from impact and head over to lucha underground like that was the best decision I ever made. Wow. And a lot of people, you know, I got a lot of flack for that, but truly for me I knew it was my time to leave. Um, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be the last person at the party. And, you know, I left the party and I started a new party and then it just kept, the ball kept rolling.
0: Yeah. Well, there's going to be so many people watching this or listening to this that have a goal that have a dream. And instead of going after it, they're thinking of all the reasons why it won't work. And I appreciate how you look at it the other way and go, well, no, here's all the reasons why it will work.
2: Like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Because I'm telling you, the worst thing that can happen is that you're broke. And I was broke. I was very, very broke when I started wrestling. I spent all my life savings that I had saved up for a house on wrestling. And I mean, I cried a lot. I, you know, and I was so stressed, but every single time I felt like I was at my lowest an opportunity came because that's what happens. You have to let yourself get that low for things to start coming to you because you're working so hard.
0: You're probably thinking though, if this doesn't work out, I can fall back on the bartending or this other job or something. Like I'll figure this out.
2: I'll always figure it out. You can always figure it out. Trust me, there is not enough bars in the world. They're never going to be out of bar.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: Pretending jobs. You can always go back behind a bar and, you know, pour some shots. You'll be good.
0: And like, and I feel like not with the bartending, but this is where you're at right now. You're going, this is going to work out. Like, this is just a little bump in the road. Actually, look at you. You're smiling through this whole thing. You're completely fine.
2: (laughs) No, I feel totally fine. I mean, like, are there moments where I'm just like, oh, poor me. Okay. You know what? You're allowed to have a pity party. My, my dad and I always say this, give yourself a pity party. You want to have a pity party for the day? Go ahead. You know, drink your favorite drink, sit on the couch, have a pity party, and then dust yourself up off. (laughs) Get up and go do something because how else are you going to get anywhere if you don't work? Get to work.
0: Right. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. Now, this isn't a crisis line. This isn't self-help. This is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room with traditional therapy ever again. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com slash insight. That's betterhelp.com slash insight and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact... So many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So the special offer for anybody listening to Insight right now is 10% off your first month. Just go to betterhelp.com insight. That's hel slash insight. What do you think is the biggest lesson that you learned while you were rehabbing your injury?
2: I really think that just over the past two years, I've learned that, you know, hard work doesn't always get you what you want. You do have to realize that sometimes being in the right place at the right time or having a little bit of luck, like sometimes you're not always going to get exactly what you want. But you, I, I, I did realize that you get other things. You might not get what you want or get exactly what you imagine, or you know, the, the exact picture that you had, had made for yourself in your head, but you're something else great is yeah. going to come from this. And breaking my arm twice, I I was so mad at myself. I was so angry that this could happen, especially the second time around. You know, the first time it happened on my on my um debut in front of the full sale crowd. And then the second time it happened in my debut for the survivor series match, I couldn't have been more angry sitting there with my arm broken on the, on the outside. But what came of that? So many vacations that Matt and I took together that we would have never been able to fit in. You know, I've been able to go go ahead and take time for myself and do things that I, I didn't get to, I didn't think I was going to have time for mm. just, things for for me and focus on like my youtube channel and and patreon and all these things and i wouldn't i wouldn't have done that if i didn't have that time off
0: what a glass half full way to look at it i love this
2: i don't know if you saw what i posted today on instagram but there was a quote that i saw that said stop focusing on the glass glass half full or the glass half empty and realize that the glass is fucking refillable yeah and i'm like
0: yeah. and And to add on to that, you're the one who's filling it up.
2: Exactly. You're doing it. So guess what? You're having the pity party. Well, your glass is half empty, bro, because you're (laughs) sitting on the couch having a pity party.
0: (laughs) What path were you on after or did you think you were on after the Survivor Series debut?
2: I mean, dang, I don't even I don't even know. I never was told what direction that was going in, but I do know it was going in a very positive direction. Um, After I spoke with Vince, which like how many people can say that they got a one-on-one with Vince McMahon you know at least out of my two-year career I had two sit-downs with Vince McMahon not many people can say that so after that conversation and how positive I felt um and then debuting two weeks later for in that Survivor Series match I felt like the world was my freaking oyster like yeah. no matter what, at least I can show them I'm getting out there. I can show them I'm a superstar. I can show them that I can wrestle um, and then we'll go from there. And I was hoping that I'd be able to show them my promo skills.
0: I'm so intrigued by these conversations that you had with Vince. So take me inside that room. What, what did you guys talk about?
2: I mean, he was, I have no idea the way he is with everybody else, but he was very open to just listening to me. And I think that's the key is that he lets you speak and then he can make a decision Mm. off of what, what is your elevator pitch? What do you got to
0: pitch him? Yeah.
2: I mean, I, I've taken every opportunity that I've had, whether it's with, you know, triple H or writers or Vince, I've always taken it as a pitch. Like, so I, I went in there and I, I told him who I am and what I excel at and, um, that I have so many ideas in my head and and I'll give him any idea. I said, like, what, what do you what do you want? Tell me yeah. what you want, because I, I can give it to you. And he said, OK, you know, so what are these ideas? And he let me list off. 15 ideas, I think, and he did, wrote them all down.
0: Did you have 15 ideas or were you just coming up with these off the top of your head? Oh,
2: thank God I had pitched them all. So I had them and I knew in my head, I remember every 15 because I sat there and typed them out. You know what I mean? I've gone into detail about these. I've, I, every single pitch that I have, I do the same format. I, I write, you know, a good bold title. I make sure that I get the inspiration for the pitch. I write a brief synopsis. I write all the things that could happen out of this pitch. I like, I do the same thing every time. So I had all these, so I pitched them all and he, um, after, after that, he kind of asked me like, okay, so tell me about you. Like, don't tell me about the wrestler, Chelsea. Tell me about you, who inspires mm. you? What wrestler do you want to emulate? You know, what, whose career do you want to emulate? Um, tell me about your family and all of this. And it was so, it was kind of crazy because it just felt like I was sitting in front of my dad, mm. just chatting. You know, and I went in there, like shoulders up to here, like so nervous, and by the end, I was like, "My buddy Vince <laughs> like
0: <laughs> so who is the person that you want to emulate?
2: So I said to him that the person I would like to emulate, which I haven't even told him I said this, but was Ms, because yeah, I want to entertain and I want to build an empire off honestly like self deprecating stuff, like funny stuff and I kind of did that and started to do that at um impact and and I haven't been able to show that side of me um at WWE but I have zero like pride in the sense that I don't care if I lose I don't care if I look dumb as long as the people are laughing or booing or cheering I'm good and that's what I told him you know I I, I Miz will forever have a career because he is so entertaining. And that's what I want. I want to be here for the next 20 years entertaining people.
0: Yeah. And Miz is a great example of that. I mean, he's coming up on two decades in WWE. He may, and this is no offense to Mike. He's amazing. I I love that guy. He's incredibly charismatic. He's not the best wrestler in the ring. That doesn't matter because he's so damn entertaining.
2: Well, and I actually said that to Vince. I said, you know what? I'm not a great wrestler. And I'm not trying to be. And he laughed and he was like, no, I have seen you wrestle. You're a good wrestler. And I was like, well, oh, thank you. Okay, thank you. Well, well, thank you. I didn't know what to say. Cause then I'm like, you know, I'm going into my like self deprecating mode. Like I'm like, yeah, okay, well, anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I know that you mentioned in the interview with Sean Ross Sapp that like the main roster was your main goal. And there's a lot of people who would class, classify themselves as a wrestler who are like, no, I want to showcase my talents in NXT. I'm guessing all of these 15 gimmicks and pitches that you had were like a top level main roster character.
2: Yeah, they were always, uh, you know, something that I could see on the main roster. I never look, I am not the girl who's going to put on like gloves and spar with people. I'm not going to grapple like I'm, I'm never going to pretend to be someone that I'm not because that's when fans turn the TV off. They, yeah. they just totally disconnect. And that's why they connected so well with the hot mess. And I knew that because so many fans had told me that like, you have no idea how many times I had either a fan or someone in the locker room come up to me and say, I saw the funniest thing that reminded me of the hot mess. Or I went to the bar the other day and this girl was carrying her shoes. You should do that. So I did it. Yeah. Like all those things that I did came from fan suggestions and coworkers' suggestions and so i i just all the characters that i continue to pitch were all things that someone could relate to on the main roster we could build this ridiculous character and 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 the people in the back as well as all the fans are going to relate to this
0: when i saw the movie um promising young woman i thought (laughs) That's the hot mess. I mean, there's obviously a twist. I haven't
2: watched it yet, but I'm dying to watch it because I thought the same thing when I saw all the trailers.
0: Yeah. I I feel like you might have inspired this film. I don't know. (laughs) There's (laughs) obviously, you know, a very dark twist in this, but But you'll see. We love
2: a dark twist. We love that.
0: It it is dark. (laughs) Who was Laurel Van Ness to you?
2: Well, I mean, it's so weird because I have always just seemed like i'm always just like chelsea green so i didn't necessarily connect with laurel van ness until she was the hot mess Mm. um and i i really do think that people can tell that if you go back and watch i was acting and any movie that you watch you don't want to watch someone acting yeah you want to like just totally believe everything you're, you're watching. And I, I, I kind of cringe at some of the earlier Laurel Van Ness stuff because I was trying to be a mean girl. I was trying to be like this bitch and it was just awkward. And, and, you know, now I do have better acting skills. I think, (laughs) I hope I have better acting skills, but also I think, um, that no matter what character you jump into or what your name is or whatever you really do have to create a backstory for yourself and, and and all those things I just didn't do I jumped into Laurel Van Ness and so I don't truly know who Laurel Van Ness mm, is
0: that's interesting I mean I feel like you definitely know who Chelsea Green is
2: yeah and I mean there there are times when I feel like I don't you know there were times in NXT that I think you could see that I I didn't I was floundering a little bit um but I, but I always went back to the drawing board and tried to figure out, okay, no, who, who are you? You went through so much to get here. That's who you are. You went through tough enough. You went through tryout after tryout. You know, you got told no so many times. That's who you are. You're either yeah. angry about it or you're like the underdog.
0: Yeah. I, I want to talk about, hard. I want to talk about tough enough because I feel like for some people just getting on that show might be a win. I imagine though, for someone like you, that's very persistent and very goal-driven, but- You go, all right, step one, get on the show. Great. Now I'm going to go win this thing.
2: Well, yes. And I do think that was my downfall in Tough Enough was that I was so tunnel vision on getting the contract that I forgot that WWE is about entertaining people and that that show we needed to entertain. So I was so focused on. I need a WWE contract. So I'm not going to be involved in drama and I'm not going to play into this like silly storyline. Like if I could go back and redo it, oh man, I would have gone in their guns a blazing. You know what I mean? That is why Mandy was so perfect for that show and, and came out of it with a contract no matter what, because she entertained us.
0: Yeah. So you're saying you should have gone into that show with a character.
2: 100%. (laughs) Oh my God. Patrick was the biggest character in that whole thing. So like, and look at him, you yeah. know what I mean? Like him, Josh, the Yeti, the Yeti came in with a freaking name for himself. Like, what yeah. was I thinking? I was the wrestler and I, and I totally, totally let that go over my head.
0: That might've been the best tough enough cast of all the seasons. Look at, look
2: how many people- I mean, people, the most successful.
0: Absolutely. Look how many people succeeded from that.
2: And, and it's so crazy. Like, Man, how far people have come. Ugh, Daria and Mandy, Sonia and Mandy, wow. I mean, how many Wrestlemanians have they been in now? Like three maybe? Yeah. It's amazing. It's crazy.
0: When you got let go on the show or sent home, were you like, oh my God, my opportunity's done. What do I do now?
2: Well, which time? Because I <laughs> got I got let go in the tryout and then I got sent back and then I when I got released in the tryout I was like oh man like I couldn't even get on the show how am I gonna get a tryout if I can't even get on the show yeah and but that was okay I, I did go back to Vancouver I called up Lance and and I was on my way driving to Lance's school to go back and do some training when I got called back to tough enough so that was fine I you know So you're driving through the
0: mountains and Uh they call you and you just turn right back around.
2: I had my mattress strapped to my roof. No No. joke. I had my mattress strapped (laughs) to the roof of my Jetta. I was going to do the 12-hour drive from Vancouver to Calgary. And um, I think I got called maybe an hour before I was about to leave. Like my car was totally packed. So that was great. My poor ex-boyfriend had to, I flew and he had to unpack my entire car and life. So. I mean, good for him. That was, I would have never done that for somebody. But then when I got, um, when I got sent home on the show, I let myself cry like that night with the producers. Like we all sat in my hotel room and cried. And then, um, and then I booked myself and I went to Japan and I got my first impact tryout. And I just was like, no, they are going to hire me. I just have to show them now that, Whatever I did wrong on tough enough, I can do right.
0: So it's just a different path. You thought your path would go, you know, like this. Now your path, maybe, you know, it veers a little bit, but it's gonna end up in the same place.
2: If you ask anyone that that wrestled with me on the indies that first year, 2014, oh my gosh, I probably pissed so many people off because I was like, I'm going to WWE. I'm not gonna do this. Or this I'm going to WWE that's my goal and that's what I'm gonna do and I'm sure everyone was like oh you're such an idiot that's not gonna happen but that never that never left my mind no matter what I was doing it I was doing it to get to WWE so you know when I went to Japan like okay well who else has gone to Japan they've never had you know their girls go to Japan like I'm gonna go to Japan went to Japan you know okay I'm going to go to impact and you know what? I'm going to win the titles. They've never had girls do that. I'm going to do that. And then when I left there, like, okay, well, they've never had girls come out of, of Lucha underground. And I'm, I'm wrestling, you know, Pentagon on on the main event. Like they've never had that. Everything I did was like, they are going to need me by the time I'm done.
0: Yeah. I think, unfortunately, there's a lot of people who maybe aren't familiar with your work. They may be familiar with who you are, but maybe they haven't seen a Chelsea green match. So If they go on YouTube later today, which match should they look up?
2: Oh, man. I mean, really, I would love for them to look up all in because I'm so proud of the way I felt during that match and at the end of that match. And it was such a bonding moment between everyone in the background, all the indie wrestlers that have worked so hard and haven't been seen, and the fans who have supported the indie wrestlers and are so like die hard and want to see us succeed. And they finally were like, here are all our favorite wrestlers that we get to meet backstage when there's when there's only like 100 people at the show. And now they're on TV, they're on pay-per-views, they're at this huge arena and we're filling it. You know, we're the reason they're here. Like, so that was, honestly, that's so far been the best moment in my career was all in. And, and the feeling it gave me and the rest of the girls. And that's what I would want people to see. But- Would I like them to see me versus Pentagon? Yes, of course. (laughs) You know, give me a little street cred.
0: (laughs) Was All In the biggest crowd you'd wrestle in front of up to that point?
2: I think so. But to be fair, I had done some big shows. I did um, a show in Mexico for Crash. Um, So that was a pretty big show. So there was a couple shows. And I mean, also, I was a little bit like, I had already spoken at raw. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I had already spoken at raw on the go home show for SummerSlam where like a million people tuned in. So I, I didn't have those same nerves that I think some people did. Like I had been in that sink or swim situation already. Yeah. So it was a friggin' big crowd, but I was so ready for that. And I was already signed with WWE. So I was just so ready to like go out with a bang
0: did you have to get wwe's approval to work that show
2: no i didn't (laughs) i mean i didn't i did i do remember i asked right before i went out probably an hour before i went out i did text wwe to say hey can i say can i tell the commentators on air to say this is her last indie match yeah but I didn't get a response, but I really wanted them to say, it cause I really wanted the fans to know that, that like to, to say goodbye to me that I was doing this and, uh, yeah. and I was at all in and I had not asked for permission for this reason, because I wanted to say goodbye to everyone in the best way possible.
0: Yeah. I don't know if everybody knows this Chelsea, but the reason that you and Matt Cardona are together is because of Cody and Brandy.
2: <laughs> yeah. Cody and Brandy set us up. I mean, mostly who knows what Cody did, but Brandy (laughs) definitely planted all the seeds for me. I'll never forget when they came to impact. And, um, and every day, probably like three days in a row, Brandy said something about Zack Ryder. Mm. So I was like, by the end of the tapings, I was like, what's going on? Something's going on. I feel like, is she trying to set me up? But I didn't really know what was going on. And I, I remember that I was already following Matt on Twitter. So I went on and unfollowed him.
1: Oh,
0: you didn't so want to date he, a wrestler. And
2: when he looked, because he didn't follow me. So then when he looked, I wasn't following him. So I didn't look like a fangirl. But I totally followed him. <laughs> I don't even think he knows that.
0: (laughs) What? Now he knows. Yeah. (laughs) So you didn't want to date a wrestler. Is that what this was?
2: No, I did not. And I'll tell you a funny story. I just got an email from Pat Kenny, who does NWA now. He worked at Impact with me when I first started for the first year, two years. And he just sent me this email and he said, I'm so happy for you and Matt. But funny, you told me you would never date a wrestler and I told you never say never. And I'm like, wow. oh, yeah, I told all the girls, I told Maria Canellas. I told Allie, I will never, ever date a wrestler. You will never catch me dating a wrestler. And then first wrestler I date.
0: What happened?
2: I fell madly in love. <laughs> so bad. I mean, that's
0: pretty lovable.
2: I mean, it kind of has worked out with, you know, three cats <laughs> and a dog in a house. I feel like we're doing well.
0: Yeah, I'd say so. So, I mean, did you immediately knew that you liked him after your first date?
2: I was pretty standoffish after our first date just because I was like, I'm not going to date a wrestler. <laughs> but I will say he was persistent. He messaged me every day for a month straight until our second date. And then I total after the second date, I was like, oh, this is it. Like, I love him. That's that. And I And he was totally the same way.
0: So you, you guys waited a month between your first and second date?
2: Yeah, I, I had, we had our first date at a terrible sushi restaurant and then I had to go back to Canada and I had a bunch of like stunt doubling stuff I had to do and indie shows I had to do. So I was in Canada for a month and uh, so we had our first date in January and our second date like mid-February.
0: So Matt took a page out of your book, out of the persistence handbook and just kept Peppering you to see if this would work.
2: Yeah. Every morning I I woke up to a a text from him. So, I mean, persistence pays off.
0: Wow. And look at you guys now. I know. You'll get married one day.
2: Yeah. 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 We'll just forever be engaged, but that's okay.
0: When did you find out that he was actually a giant child with everything that he collects?
2: I think, I think probably the third date on one of like our first dates he said something about like a toy room or something and I was like I have to see this like I couldn't imagine it
0: uh-huh.
2: and um, he said something about like oh you probably don't want to come over today because I have to build shelves for my toy room and I was like I'll help you build shelves like I'm great at building IKEa furniture so I'm like I'll help you build them I'm sure that that's actually probably what made him fall in love with me because I'm sure everybody else was like, this is bizarre, but I like kind of took everything with a grain of salt. Now, granted, not everything was in this toy room. There was almost nothing in this toy room. This toy room has like exponentially blown up since I've been with him. So I didn't know that I was getting myself into like all of this.
0: Mm. At what point did you realize that that is what you signed up for? Oh
2: my God, like after year one, I'm like, okay, there is Amazon package after Amazon package coming in. And, and like, he's going to his parents' house, he's picking up suitcases of stuff. And our garage just filled up more and more and more. And I was like, I never seen anything like this. And now you should see it. We can't even walk through our garage. Our garage is like something out of hoarders.
0: So what are you equally obsessed with?
2: nothing. Everybody always asks me that. I'm telling you, everybody always asks me that. Yes. I have an obsession with bikinis, but like I have a drawer. I don't have a room. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not really your typical, like girly girl. I don't like love shoes or purses or jewelry or anything like that. Like, I don't know. I've never, I'm such a neat freak that I love cleaning and giving away and donating. I, that's like my favorite thing to do. Pack up all of the stuff that I haven't worn in six months and donate it. And I just can't relate to Matt on this. Well,
0: level. bikinis are a pretty good obsession if you live in Florida.
2: I know. Well, that's like such a great obsession to have now.
0: <laughs> I'm just laughing at this whole situation. I know you're. You, you're so good to Matt.
2: Oh my god! Honestly, like some of the things that I've unboxed and found at the front door i mean it's something else
0: i think the thing that's most impressive about him and now that now you have a chance to do this because you're not under contract is basically really let your true personality out for the world to see matt loves action figures now he has a podcast about loving action figures that everyone can see so i'm excited to see your youtube channel kind of get rebirthed here
2: i'm really excited just to figure out what it is that i want to show the world you know, like. It's, I, I do show the world a lot through my Instagram, but I'm trying to figure out like what makes me, me and why do people want to come to my channel? And why do people want to come to my Instagram? And I'm trying to figure that out by putting things out and seeing how people react. And that's, what's kind of fun about this is, is just seeing what sticks.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously a lot of your fan base is wrestling, but not all of your interests are wrestling. So I feel like we're going to start to see a lot more of that.
2: I think um, that that's the difference between myself and a lot of wrestlers is that I didn't grow up being a diehard fan. So my passion lies elsewhere. Yeah, I work and I, I, when I'm at work, I focus on wrestling and I, you know, do what I have to do to entertain in that way. But there's so many other things in my life that I love that got me here to this Crazy wrestling world.
0: Yeah. Are you taking acting lessons right now?
2: Funny enough, I just actually signed up for an acting course that um Billy Kay did. She recommended it to me because hey. she's obviously amazing and her acting skills keep getting better. And I got kicked out already.
0: What do you what?
2: <laughs> I haven't even started and I got kicked out because what? I'm going to Hawaii in mid-May. And that's when the very first lesson is. And I guess you can't miss the mm. first lesson and they won't. Can't. Pass. Yeah. I know. So I got kicked out of my acting class. So I'm <laughs> waiting for them to re-sign me up in September.
0: So you need to take the next session is what you're saying.
2: Yeah. So I got to wait, but that's okay. I've got, I've got a couple of, um, uh, acting coaches that like are freelance that, that help me out. So they FaceTime me and, and kind of like, are going to, you know, help me brush up on my acting skills.
0: Is this an in-person acting class?
2: This one is in Florida because, you know, Florida has no rules. Um, So this one is, I think there's only like maybe 10 people in the class. So it's really small. But uh, all my other ones that I do are all just via Zoom and Skype and stuff.
0: I feel like we're going to see a completely different Chelsea in the next like six to 12 months.
2: I can't wait. We're all
0: excited about this. Where do you think is the biggest missed opportunity for you in your WWE run?
2: I just think like, not being able to see me talk,
0: hmm.
2: and not being able to see that character side of me, yeah. um, I think that that's something that that even the fans didn't know I could do if they didn't watch Impact or if they didn't watch me transition from the hot mess to Reclusa on Lucha Underground. They don't. They don't know that. And so I'm I'm really excited to show people that. I'm really excited to show that you know I'm I'm not what I seem on my social media, which is just you know, a girl in a bikini or like a girl trying to wear like cute outfits. Like that's not at all who I am in the ring.
0: Who is Victorious supposed to be? That was another Uh, character. Yeah.
2: (laughs) That was going to be me, I guess. I So it's a little confusing because I did get told that my name was going to be Victorious, which I loved. I loved. I thought it was so, I love how short and easy it is. I love how many puns can come out of that and, and, and like names for finishing moves and submissions. And oh, I loved it all. Victorious was like, when I heard that, I'm like, wait, are we kidding? And then when they weren't kidding, I was like, okay, wait, I like that. I can work with that. Kind of sounds like a 90s stripper and I like that vibe. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then I, you know, I, I rest, I went out for the Survivor Series qualifying match and my name was Chelsea Green on the screen so I'm not totally sure I think that I was going to debut the name victorious or the name change um, in a promo after the match I still am not a hundred percent sure if that's true or if the line of me saying I'm victorious was just because maybe I was winning I don't Mm. know it's how, it's can, how can the victorious
0: character lose though it's it's your name
2: I, I think, but I think that's the funny part of it is that I could see myself always losing and pulling a Brian Myers, oh, and having the name victoria like I don't think there's a middle ground for victorious. I think she has to win and she has to be the best or almost the best, or she has to be like a total loser, and that's funny. Mm. And that's how she turns into the hot mess is how I imagine.
0: I'm just thinking of it being a 90s strip club name. Victorious to the main stage. Right?
2: right? Isn't that... Tell me that that's not like... Now you're never going to think of it any other way.
0: And you can just change the lyrics to Bobby Roode's entrance theme.
2: Oh, my God. it's I can't even tell you how many people sang Glorious to me. <laughs> I'm telling you, everyone would come up to me and sing, Victorious and I'm <laughs> I couldn't get it out of my head. Yeah.
0: Have you always been this positive and this, uh, this bubbly?
2: I think, I think I've gone through things in life and me, and, and I've been told no enough times to just force myself to be kind of have a positive outlook. My parents are very, very positive and they do kind of push me when I'm feeling down or, or having a pity party and we make jokes about it. And I think that also helps, but I've just, I've been told no so many times that at this point, it's just like funny to me, like, okay, fine. Say no. And I'm I'm just going to show you that you're going to regret that. But it's it's really been since I started wrestling, I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's great. It's, it's so infectious too. Thanks. And I've, I've, I've really enjoyed this time, like learning so much about you. And like, I'm so super excited for what's next, I guess, you know, in about three months, we're going to see you back in the ring somewhere.
2: July 14th. I'm going to be somewhere. Don't know where yet. Don't know what's going to happen, but I'm feeling really good about, you know, having my creative freedom to turn, you know, the hot mess into whatever it is that she's going to turn into.
0: I love it. I end every interview talking about gratitude and you'll see it behind me here. Be great. Be grateful. I think that if you can be grateful, your life will be great. So I'm really curious, Chelsea, what are three things that you're grateful for in your life right now?
2: Okay. Well, I'm definitely grateful for Matt and his positive outlook. I'm grateful for the connections that I made on the Indies and I am grateful for the fact that I ticked WWE off my bucket list and now I can focus on whatever comes next.
0: And I I feel like the door is open there. I feel like your time in WWE is not done.
2: Yeah, you know, and they, they do always tell you that, that WWE is such a revolving door and we saw that with like Jinder Mahal. Like, you yeah. know. He, and he, he Drew McIntyre, yeah. Yeah, like all these guys have left and came back as champs, you know? Yeah. And I would love, to get a call from WWE saying, we want you back because it's like a, it's like an ex-boyfriend. You always <laughs> want to hear from them and have them like come crawling back to you. Um, but it, it, it'll just be, it'll be really, really nice to start fresh at all these other companies Yeah, and to work but, with all my friends.
0: Before we wrap this up, what do you think is one thing that Matt has taught you?
2: Uh, definitely. To grind. I thought I knew the grind, but he has an all a totally different outlook on grinding and it's so much more intense and he never stops. Um, you know, he's always podcasting or he's on his phone putting out every single thing that's on social media is put out by Matt, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's huge. And I I have learned like the grind never stops. And I'm I'm hoping to get to his level of grind, but um, We'll see. I'm working my way up there.
0: What have you taught Matt that he now applies in his life every day?
2: To relax. Hmm. Definitely. He tells me all the time, like, you're so carefree. Not everybody can be that carefree. Not everybody can be so relaxed. But I'm like, no, you actually can. You actually Hmm. can. Because guess what? If we, you know, I don't know, bump our... We get a hole in our tire, you can get it fixed. If we spill stuff all over our papers. We can go reprint papers. We're good. Yeah, We are good. We're living such a good life. We don't need to stress about the little things. Love He's that. still learning that. He's still, you <laughs> he needs a little practice.
0: And what's one thing that Lance Storm has taught you that you still oh, keep in your life every day?
2: Yeah, definitely just like respect. Respect like inside and outside of the ring, just like treating everybody with respect you know, never, ever looking past someone. If you think that they're down here and you're up here, none of that, like you just mutual respect is key. Mm. And, um, I've always, I think that that's why I'm not really afraid to talk to people or speak my mind, maybe uh, to the people that have power because I, I respect them equally, just as much as I respect, you know, the person in the locker room that might not be getting booked with me.
0: Yeah. The best is yet to come for you. I hope so. (laughs) Oh, it absolutely is. Thank you for uh, hanging with us for this past hour.
2: Thanks so much for having me.
0: I can't wait to hear your podcast too.
2: Just you wait. I'm going to try to get it out on Monday. So we'll see.
0: There we go. (laughs) Thank you again.
2: Thank you so much. I, I know I talk so much and some people are like, wow, I didn't even ask half my questions. So hopefully you got your questions answered.
0: There you have it. Chelsea Green, and from the sounds of it, you'll be hearing her podcast in the next few days. And on July fourteenth, well, that's when we'll see where Chelsea Green lands, along with Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, Mickey James, Samoa Joe, Mojo, and everybody else who is part of these recent releases. Snap a screenshot. Let us know what stood out for you the most from this conversation. There's a lot of takeaways here. Tag me. I'm at Chris Van Fleet. Tag Chelsea. She's at Chelsea a. Green on Instagram, and at I'm Chelsea Green on Twitter. There's a lot of lessons here, but I think the biggest ones are to bet on yourself and if you believe strongly in something, to never take no for an answer. And on that note, I saw this quote on Instagram that is just too good not to share. If you're the best version of you, then you are the best in the world because there is no other you.